I'm your man, Coach Staley, and we are in the building with Coach Staley and Coach Kurtz. Coach Staley, man, what's happening? How's everything going for you? Oh, it's well. No complaints. You know, just just managing day by day, trying to keep my thoughts productive. Still, still quarantining and social distancing pretty much. We've been, we broke our regular line of travel a little bit. We went to go see some family on um, this past weekend, but other than that, you know, just just trying to remain positive on progression and focus, and you know, take care of my family. Other than that, that's it. How things been going with you? Hey man, uh, about the same man. Just w- without the without the travel, just been kind of um, taking care of the boys and uh, getting out and playing with them and uh, uh, selling chicken wings and. That's been about has been about my day to day. Micah, how's uh I seen you been back out there on the grind, working working these kids out, getting back to what you love. Um, how's everything going with you, brother? Yeah, yeah. It's uh we're back, we're busy, busier than ever. I mean, we're back uh full swing and workouts, obviously, with a lot of social distancing and safety protocols, but I mean, uh it's it's uh the response of kids wanting to train and and families feeling comfortable coming in and training has been overwhelming. And so we got more kids than we can kind of handle. And it's a good thing for sure. It makes for long days, but it's awesome to see, uh, be back to doing what we love and, and being around the kids and being able to make a positive impact on them and, and hopefully get them, uh, get them not only, uh, better in their mental health, uh, but also obviously to become, uh, more athletic and in better shape for what I do as far as in the weight room. And then, um, but uh, Coach Daly mentioned a little something in the beginning where if, if you guys continue to be shut down in the summer, he's going to he's gonna enjoy uh, being around the family all day. I mean, I think we all were a little restless in the beginning being quarantined, but now this first, uh, now it's been a, a week that we've been back to work. I definitely miss, uh, miss hanging with the family uh, for an extended period of time during the day and being able to spend time with my wife and daughter. So um, there's definitely uh, pros and cons to both, but I definitely miss the, the the amount of time that I was spending with them for sure. No doubt, no doubt. Okay. Um, with us today, uh, it, I don't think it's happened maybe twice on the show. Uh, we've actually had a female voice. Um, it's <laughs> so uh, uh, very rare, uh, very, a rarity to come on. Um, but we have uh, Miss Natisha Samuels, who's an educator, um, 
And uh, we, we wanted to get a female voice on this topic. So we were able to get probably one of the most, as my friend uh, Michael would like to say, eloquently spoken uh, women that I know. Um, Natisha Sims, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. And let me just put this out as a disclaimer. I am not a coach at all. Um, <laughs> don't coach basketball, can't play basketball. I just want to make sure that the people understand that I am here as a female voice, but not as a coach, but I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks no for having time. No Thanks, for being, <laughs> Thanks for being on. <laughs> uh, well, Josh, uh, uh, where, where are we going to start today, man? All right. So last show, you know, we started a, a two part show about, you know, some not some of, but the serious social issue that's been going on in our in our country the past several weeks, you know, and it was it was sparked the, the, the protests and the uproar was sparked um, by an array of um killings of, 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 of black people, of African-American people. And the most recent one, George Floyd was caught on camera also, and, you know, was a direct example of the police brutality that we want to stop in this country, specifically on um, minorities, um, AKA African-Americans, you know, in this country, especially black males. Um, not to overlook females because they go through it also. So, and we we really just went in and discussed um, why why we're here, why we're upset. You know, what is the problem? And we got into detail about that, but we didn't just want it to be us passionately speaking about why we're upset and what the problem is. We also wanted to try to figure out a way to come up with some solutions. So, this show is specifically about that, coming up with some solutions on how to fix this issue. So yeah, it won't be perfect this time around, but we want to make some major progress. We want to turn this into a movement where we don't continue to repeat history. So what we're going to do, since I did so much of the talking last time, I'm not going to start <laughs> off this time with some of the solutions. So um, we are definitely going to let our guests start it out, if she doesn't mind, Miss Samuel. And um, we will we will um, speak and, and 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 feed off of each other from there, if that's all right with her. Yeah, that sounds good. I have no problem with that at all. Um, so I'm just going to dive right in, not necessarily coming up with what I think is a solution, but I definitely want to start off start off by saying that one of the things that I feel is important that we have to do is we have to name what the most recent atrocity is. Like I listen to people have conversations about this and you hear people try to be politically correct as they try to, you know, attach a term to what this is, but let's call it what it is. That's step one. Sometimes you have to name the demon before you can attack the demon. And so what we just witnessed y'all was we witnessed um, a lynching. We witnessed two lynchings recently and, and so our brother, George Floyd, and, and not just Floyd, but um, also Aubrey, we watched them die on live TV or on live social media. So although we know that this is not anything new, unfortunately, and sadly, you know, um, the lynching of people of color, that's not anything new. But to have that happen in 2020, 
where we all saw it and we are all watching how the government handles it. We're watching how society reacts to it. Like that's the current atrocity that atrocity that we're facing. So I think sometimes just starting out and just by reminding people that this is what it is, like don't sugarcoat it. Don't try to change the name of what this is that we are actually dealing with. That's what it is. We witnessed a legalized lynching. So I just kind of wanted to start off there. So if we had to start talking about solutions, I think that that's one of them, like having some real dialogue about what this is that we're actually facing. Stop being politically correct. Stop using language to water down what this is, but naming the demon that we're dealing with, regardless of how uncomfortable it makes people, regardless of how upset it makes people. Um, if we don't name it, we can't kill it. So that would be the first. Um but when I think about solutions, like, y'all, that rabbit hole is so deep. And so I have to start by saying, I think we have to look at two umbrellas and then we can kind of just have some dialogue from there. I think that each individual person kind of has to look intrinsically and ask, you know, what is my role? What is my contribution towards the solution? Because one of the things that ha that's happening is that people are waiting for somebody else to be the solution, right? People are waiting for... Um, the government or people are waiting for lawmakers or people are waiting for um, those who are responsible for holding police officer, police officers accountable or people are waiting for those who identify, you know, with, with civil rights or those who work in the legal system. But what are we doing individually? How are we looking at ourselves, black or white? OK, male or female, young or old, to ask ourselves, what is my personal contribution towards the solution? So I definitely want to talk about that and talk a little bit about um, different people's opinions and judgments about how people choose to work towards a solution. Because the other thing that upsets me is when I hear people judge how people choose to contribute to the fight. You know, people have been judging protesting. People have been judging people who have been rioting. And don't get me wrong, I get that. But when we do that, we put more emphasis on the reaction of the oppressed than we do the actions of the oppressor. And I think that's extremely problematic. So not just looking at ourselves intrinsically and what we need to be doing, but check ourselves if we find ourselves judging how other people are contributing to the movement. So that's under the intri in intrinsic umbrella. And then of course, there's the extrinsic umbrella. That would be what organizations are responsible for doing, what lawma lawmakers are responsible for doing, what educators need to be doing, what we as fathers and mothers need to be doing, um, the kinds of conversations we need to be having. So I think it's twofold. I think we have to look at our individual roles and then we look at the collective body. No doubt, no doubt. I like I like those points you made. I definitely like the first two things you said when was like, you know, lifting up those rocks, those big rocks and looking at all the um, bugs and dirt that's going to be up under those rocks and, mm -hmm. you know, not sweeping things up under the rug and facing them head on. And then that part about individuals looking at themselves intrinsically, like that's huge because most people don't want to admit this, but the one of the main reasons we're at this point is because of how people feel on the inside you know and that it was dangerous and what makes that so dangerous is that it's easy to tap out and say oh no I don't feel like that I don't know what you're talking about 
because I can't I can't look at you and see your insides. All I and it's easy to act one way and say something else and then really try to hide throw that rock and hide your hands. So I think that's huge. That looking at looking at ourselves on the inside and being honest and admitting, yo, I, it's some things I need to work on to help progress this movement to promote equality for all and move from there, which is like you said, which is layers. Yeah. Which is layers. It's heavy because it's heavy because black folks are asking a whole nother group of people for equality, which is nuts within itself. Absolutely. I would like I really want you to think about that. That's like nuts within itself having to look to someone else for equality and it kind of pushes me in a corner where I'm like, I don't want to be this way, but like, look, I'm going to do me, make sure I raise my family, raise my sons to really have like an independent mindset to take care of themselves because like, it's almost like, it's not like, it's a slap in the face to be like, yo, we got to ask someone, Basically, we're asking for acceptance. Can we get the same equality you have? Which is which is ludicrous. Which it is. is. It is. We're asking for permission to have human rights. That's that's nuts. But that's go ahead, crazy. go go ahead, um, Coach E. Michael. What's on your mind? No, I thought I thought. Uh, well, I mean, your last point right there is that is 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 ludicrous right there. That that we're in we're in 2020, and and in that. That that's that has to be a talking point where 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 people of color have to ask to be treated the same, which is it's unbelievable that we're even having to talk about that. Um, and uh, so, I mean, as far as solutions, I think Natisha, you, you hit it on the head in the the beginning. Where I mean, people need to look at themselves and deep within themselves. And I think the biggest thing is is white people. There's there are there's a large, large, large majority of white people that are not overtly racist, but a large amount of those people who are not overtly racist are also people that are not going to stand up mm-hmm. for the rights of, of people of color. And that's the problem right there. And if 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 uh, I mean, obviously, People of color have been fighting for civil rights for forever and, and continue to fight it as you should. But now you need you need other people as well. And you need those white people to also step up and fight for it as well. And it's been far too long that white people have been looked at themselves and said, well, I'm not discriminating uh, people of color. I don't not like people of color. Mm-hmm. So I'm good. But at the end of the day, they weren't doing anything to support equal rights and social justice. They were just looking the other way when, when things happen and said, well, it doesn't really affect me. And that's, that's the problem. And the solution is if, if those people start to see that as a problem and start to step up and start to join in the movement and start to really fight for, for people of color to have, have equal rights. And then also to, to, to not only, not only fight for those to change in those laws, but also to, changing themselves and changing calling out their peers and their friends and their family that might, that might be think differently. And when, when, like I said, in the, the vast majority of white people that I know aren't overtly racist, but a large majority of those people aren't people that are going to step up and say, Hey, 
we need to fight for social justice. We need to fight for equality. We need to call out people that are not doing things right. And the large majority of um, people that look like me don't do it. And I think, and I think, I mean, what I've seen, obviously this is, it's only been a couple of weeks and there's been a ton of uh, movement and, 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 uh, and people wanting for change. Um, and I've seen a lot of people that look like me um, that have been calling for what I've just been saying, where we as white people need to, we need to, we need to step up and join in it. And so, I mean, hopefully if that happens where a large majority of us do, uh, I think there can be, can be some, some real pro- positive progress for sure. Absolutely. I agree. Oh. Um, now I would, I would like to say like, you know, the, the, where we started here is kind of where I wanted to start, where, where I kind of thought we needed to start. And that's what looking at the, each person individually looking at themselves in the mirror and, and figuring out, Hey, look, you know, what can I do? Um, I've been a part of many different conversations and, um, although my opinion to a certain degree is an unpopular one, um, I never, I felt like the, uh, the criticism of what people, how people, I was talking to someone and they said that to me um, and it made me think they were like, you know, you can't criticize someone because they're not reacting the way you would react, the way you are reacting to what just happened. And I think that that's the first thing. And, and sometimes um, we kind of get divided because people don't believe in how each person is individually dealing with the situation. So we can't usually come to a general consensus. So I think that if we can come to a point individually where we can respect how each person deals with it, where we can respect each other, and, and, and go, Hey, look, you know, you may not be feeling you, you feeling the same thing I'm feeling. You're just dealing with it differently. And, and so I can respect what you're doing. You respect how I do what I do, but as long as we're all doing something, then I think that that movement can start because it's individual, individualistic, uh, uh, movement will then start to snowball have a snowball effect and i think that's the only i think that's the start to every unholistic change because i don't see any i don't see it being able to happen without everybody on board you know did everybody go vote today did everybody you know did everybody did you do your part today to change this issue that everybody has a problem with. Um, and, and I think that this is a great place to start is just looking at yourself and seeing what you've done to kind of um, what you've done to uh, contribute to change. Mm. And to that point, if I may guys, um, I, I don't really know if it's okay to ask this question because it's going to definitely require a little bit of transparency. But if we just each take a minute and just share, you know, or answer the question, what is it that you're currently doing? Um, What are you contributing to the cause? What is it about you that someone can say is an action, not just a conversation piece, not just a person who was angry or feeling, but what is something that you feel like you're doing that contributes to the cause of change? Um, well, I'll start. I'll start. If we're going gonna to look at ourselves, I think that's the most important person to look at. And I think with myself is all I can do is just, is just be that, like continuously focus on one, valuing myself, valuing people that look like me, loving people that look like me, 
and get and, and try my best to help people that look like me understand to value and love themselves, i.e. starting with my family. You know, valuing my wife on a daily basis, loving my wife on a daily basis, um, not demeaning her, not belittling her, not walking in front of her, but supporting her and walking side by side with her and showing and showing that that example to my sons on a daily basis, because um, I do believe the first step in progression and the most important love is self-love. And when you love yourself, you're going to stand up for yourself and you're just not going to let people run over you. And you're not just going to accept that, if that makes any sense. And it's my job to teach my sons their worth and their value and the importance of them loving themselves. And with that being said, by doing that, by being a good person, now I could be a good neighbor. Now I can extend the right hand of fellowship to um, my white brothers and sisters or, or, or the people that don't look like me and the love be genuine and they can understand where I'm coming from and understand that not I'm not, I'm not asking for a crutch. I don't need you, but I just simply need you to more of to understand, you know, I'm just like, I, I deserve, and, and I'm not going to accept anything less than you would. Mate, just like that. I'm just going to let you, I need you to understand, I'm not going to accept anything less than you would and just do that. Obviously, we're, um, all of us are in the school system, um, um, three out of the four of us coach, so we are intimate with people on multiple levels. And when I contact, come in contact with those people, I'm extending the energy of love, whether you're black, white, blue, or green. And by extending the energy of love, I think you help push, even if a person feels a certain way on the inside and doesn't have the courage to tell you how they really feel, you're actually, um, your actions can actually help promote those things to do that. And, you know, and, and, and never giving up on a good fight and not um, dis um, helping deplete all of the, the fights and energies and, 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 and battles that was done before us by my ancestors to get us to this point by doing something as simple as going out and voting, you know, and exercising all of the rights that you do have that sometimes we take for granted. And just being aware that, you know, hey, the bulk of the fight is on us, but at the same time, you know, just 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 love yourself, man, and, and value yourself and don't accept less. Even if that puts you in some situations where it's going to make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, I think uh, going off Coach Daly, and I can say, I mean, from firsthand experience from what he said, I mean, how long did we work together, Coach? Five years. And uh, I mean, we had tons of those conversations where, the school that we worked at where coach Staley's still at. I mean, it was, it was probably 50% pretty close to 50% white and 50% black. And, uh, and um, I mean, coach Staley was just a great person and a great role model and a kid, a guy that all, all demographics and all males and females of the school, like, they looked up to and they respected him because they knew he was a good person and where he had a great relationship with all of those kids. And I mean, I think that's what um, we're, we all believe being coaches and teachers and educators that we, we have one of the highest callings. And I mean, my favorite quote is a, uh, is a coach has the ability to impact more people in a year than, than most people do in a lifetime. And uh, 
And that's something that, uh, that I do not take for granted. And that's something I think about every single day. And that's what we as educators and we as coaches need to, we need to use our platform, obviously, to educate the youth, not just on academics, but on, on social equality and social injustices and, 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 and racial equality and racial injustices and, and teach these, lead by example, by being a great person and see these kids that I know they look up to Coach Daly 100%. I know just from following Coach English that his kids look up to him 100%. And so now from Coach Staley and Coach English, these they see these white kids see these black coaches, black teachers who are unbelievable people. They're like, how am I gonna treat somebody else bad just because of the color of their skin when I know I personally know Coach Staley, I personally know Coach English, I know they're unbelievable people. Um me, me leading by example and and treating everybody with respect and equality and so now these these white kids that hopefully look up to me and they see me being a great person and and treating everybody with respect and equality and they're like why would i not just because maybe i was raised differently but now now i'm now i'm a little older and can make my own opinions and they realize hey this is wrong hopefully that's going to help shape them for how they're going to live the rest of their life. And I mean, I think, I mean, I, one of my proudest moments was, I guess it was three years ago, coach Staley, when we were at AC floor and we had, I don't know what it was for one of the football games. It was like patriotic day or something where they theme and all these kids dressed up in, in Trump, in Trump hats and Trump shirts. And obviously it, it offended a large majority of the students. And, uh, and me and Coach Daly were the head of the FCA, and uh, so we knew a lot of the kids were upset. A lot of them came to came to us and said how they were upset, and we were like, "Well, let's talk about it at FCA." And uh, so we had one of our biggest turnouts, and everybody was like, "Come to FCA to talk about how you were you were upset about what happened or whatever." Um, and then all the white kids were like, "We're coming to FCA too to see what's going on." And I remember. Uh, what the principal called us in base was like, yeah. what are you guys doing? You can't have some like social justice rally at school or racial justice or equality rally at school. And we're like, we're not, we're just bringing these kids together. Myself and coach Daly are going to, are going to state our views on this and why you should, why you should be, be empathetic to all and how some of this stuff can, can cause problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all these kids that are coming respect us. And the the, the principal was like, Do we, should we get some of the school resource officers there? We're like, no. And it ended up being <laughs> a huge turnout. It was great. We got up there and talked. And, I mean, you got a white teacher and coach and a black teacher and coach, and we're both sharing the same view and basically love one another. I mean, it's no difference. And, uh, I mean, so, I mean – our platform is unbelievable as teachers and coaches. And I mean, um, that's what we need to, we need to understand that and we need to be, be sure to, to, to use that platform for, for a positive as well. And, um, um, yeah, cause even, I mean, what we talk about, uh, one of the big things always, and you've mentioned it briefly, coach Daly is everybody's like, well, get out and vote, get out and vote. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, 
Trump is a terrible person. Uh, Joe Biden's <laughs> probably got dementia. I mean, I don't, he's a disaster too. And then, and then the, I mean, the governors and the mayors of some of the, these cities that are some have the most corrupt police forces and problems of, uh, of racial injustices, they're Democrats as well. And I'm not saying who to vote for or who not to vote for, but I think obviously it 100% starts with us and the people that are in the trenches and people, I mean, not just teachers and coaches. I mean, every single person in their day-to-day life being, being empathetic and, and, and being able to, to make those difference with their, their small circles or big circles. And then hopefully it, uh, it just continues to grow from there. Absolutely. That's good stuff. Um, I, I, I guess I got to piggyback on, on all you guys. Um, I'm, I'm going to start with in-home. Um, I, I talk with my boys all the time um, just about, you know, being being independent and um, stuff like that and, and having your own mind and um, the importance of voting and things like that. And then, you know, then with my students, um, you know, I have a unique back. I have a somewhat unique background um, to and then the, 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 where I work is a 50, 50 school as well. Um, so I've had the opportunity to impact through, and I'm an English teacher. So I do a great bit of, um, doing a lot of, um, uh, African-American literature, um, opening them up to more modern, um, African-American culture as far as literature is concerned. Um, and, and I've had literally had, uh, uh, some white students come up and, and be thankful, um, for opening them up to this, um, particular, um, genre of, um, literature. And it's been, it's always interesting to me to see that the, the kids end up starting to bond over, over doing projects and group projects and, um, um, and, 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 things like that. Like I think, uh, one of the books that always gets them coming together is, um, Oh gosh, what's the book? Oh, Miss Samus, what's the book? God dog it. There was the movie about it. it escapes me right now is with Holly Berry was in the movie. Huh? Oh, their eyes are watching God. Their eyes are watching God. Um, if you have not read the book, it's a great book, but, um, it always to watch both, to watch both cultures kind of come together, um, and really, really embrace that book and all the different, um, things that it deals with all the different topics that it deals with within it, all the issues it deals with, uh, social, I mean, it has so much things going on. And I think that I, I, that's how I do my part that that's what Mm -hmm. I'm doing to do my part is, is trying to every day that I walk into that classroom, um, first off model what it means to be a positive, um, young black professional, you know, I'm going to dress in a shirt and a tie. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you that, um, that it's possible to come where I come from, where I come from and become something, uh, successful, you know, and, and not only that, but I'm going to take pride in my heritage. And so I just think that that's a, I think that that's how I do my part on a daily basis. How about you, Miss Samuel? Um, you were asking questions like you the host and stuff. <laughs> I was definitely going to answer. And I echo the same things that you all said. And so I'm just going to jump right in and try to say this very, very quickly. 
But in addition to what you all said, I allow myself to feel. I'm very honest and open and transparent about what I feel. If I'm mad, I'm going to be mad and I'm not going to be ashamed of being mad because I think sometimes it's when we are mad, when we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think sometimes that's what gives us the momentum to really be active so that change can happen. So I don't hide how I feel. Um, Another thing, and I mentioned this earlier, I am not judgmental about how other people choose to contribute to the cause. I take that energy of judgment and I judge the oppressor. That is the only person that should be judged, not the oppressed, not how people react to being hated, but the people who exert the hate. Those are the people who who should be judged. But I think the most powerful thing that I can continue to do is be informed. There's nothing worse than being mad and ignorant. (laughs) And so for me... (laughs) And it's, it's so much to learn, guys. And so, like, we'll never know it all, but I can never stop studying and never stop learning um, because every day our history is being shaped and reshaped and, and, you know, we're adding pages to our experience. So I'm constantly reading material. Um, you know, I've watched 13th, the, the documentary. I'm reading Medical Apartheid right now by Harriet Washington. I'm reading The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, you know, listening to podcasts that speak to this very thing to help us learn about our history um, and recognizing that history is about the change over time. But also I make sure that what I know and what I learn, I have a responsibility to pass that information on to people that I'm connected with that I know may not necessarily take the time to be self-taught. And I get that. I don't judge them. I just go ahead and share what I know because the more we know together, we can make informed decisions because that's the problem. That's why we are where we are. So many people are making decisions, but there's no information behind it. It's all about how they feel. And so one of the things, like I recently had a conversation with some students that I mentor and we had a conversation about just like, I listen to people talk about we're fighting for our civil rights. We're not fighting for our civil rights. We're fighting for our human rights. So if you don't think that it's necessary for people to protest the fact that our human rights are being violated, that's a problem. And recognizing that there's a difference between the two. Civil rights says that there are rights that are, that are afforded to you because you are legally a citizen of a geographic location, right? So you have to have a social security number. You have to have something that says that you are a U.S. citizen. But human rights are those rights that are afforded to me because I breathe, because I'm a human being, because I live. And so what happened to our brother, Floyd, he was murdered. Okay, he was he was lynched in front of a crowd of people after saying that I can't breathe. His human rights were violated that day. Because as a human being, whether he's a criminal or not, and that's another thing that the media does, now they want to criminalize him by reminding everybody about his history of crimes. Regardless of his crimes, he's a human being that did not deserve to die, no matter what his crime was. And so making sure that um, I I stay read, I, I, I study so that I'm able to pass this knowledge and information on to other people. So that's one of the ways that I contribute. And I can appreciate all the different ways that other people contribute. Like my dad, my dad is a warrior. Like he's ready to, he's ready to fight. He, he's ready to make sure that everybody um, knows how to defend themselves. And, and we need that. We need the warrior and we need the lover. We need the Dr. Martin Luther King and we need the Malcolm X. We need the Booker T and we need the W.E.B. So 
I just make sure that I do my part, which is staying informed and passing that information on to other people when I can. No, I think I, you, I, I, I thought think, a great point. Go ahead, Coach. Oh no, I was I was just gonna say I think you made I mean a bunch of tremendous points, but I really like how you said respecting the different way people fight. You know, everyone is not going to fight the same way. And I do think chaos is by design. And I do think um, people who don't want change use divisive tactics to hit people who are supposed to be in the fight together, together against each other. So progression and progress can be either slowed down or put at a complete halt. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm really glad that you made that point because we all have different strengths, which gets back to diversity. You know, it's 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 all different. But as long as you're fighting a good fight and moving towards the right thing, I think I think that I think that's what's most important. But go ahead, um, Mike. I'm a, I'm gonna let you. No, I I, I like what Natisha said. Where um, and I was already thinking kind of along similar lines where. You, well, you said it, well, you educate yourself, you arm yourself with education. And I, one of my thoughts, uh, I think I texted it in the group text with Coach Staley and, uh, and Coach E, or maybe it, maybe, it, maybe it was in another group text with another group of coaches. But, um, I mean, as this stuff has been, uh, as obviously as everything's been going on, and then uh, there's been mentions of uh, – of Black Wall Street and and Tulsa massacres in Tulsa and Rosewood and and I had to go Google it like I didn't really ever know about it and like so why is this stuff not being taught in 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 history in schools like uh, for for us to really make a change like at in our hearts like if these kids are learning this and to 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 get some empathy. Like, why, there's no reason why this should not be taught in history. This is part of American history. It's a major, major black eye in what America wants to see. Think they're the the greatest uh, country of uh, of of freedom for all, which we all know it's there's it, a lot of problems. Um, but I mean, it was never taught in my schools. I don't know, uh, Coach Staley. I'm sure you teach a form of history. I don't know what exactly what level uh, with social studies. I'm sure you talk about it and I'm sure you teach it, but is it, I I would highly doubt that it's in any of uh, the Richland one curriculum. It's just something that you probably teach. And so where I went to school in New York, that was never even mentioned. And so the reason, the fact that that stuff is not even talked about when it is a part of history, it's a terrible part of history, but it needs to be, we need to be educated on it so that our youth can, can learn about it and learn about these atrocities and, uh, and, and hopefully have some, some, some empathy towards it as well. Well, it's crazy, right? So like all of the points you guys are making, it, it, it falls in line with my solutions. Let me just go ahead and get to my solutions real quick before we um have to close out. So I kind of came up with four points and I just try to condense them so I won't be talking forever. I think the first thing we need to do is um educate our youth the right way, right? Yes. Raise our daughters, raise our sons the right way because like some people want to continue to infuse that hate but when we're educating them the right way we're 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 rearing them we're raising them the right way hell i think racism and inequalities can really be attacked 
can be like almost put out of place in like 20 years. Like right now, I got, I got, I got a 12 year old, I got a nine year old, I got a two year old. If I continue to teach them that way and I just assume that everyone else is teaching that way, bam, now, now the people that don't want that to occur are exposed. So we have to start with our youth because it's just some old hags out there that don't want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, no fear. We can, in this pursuit, we can have no fear and no comfort. They go hand in hand when you're trying to change. You can, what they say, what, what the rappers say, scare money, they don't make none, right? And, yeah. and, and, and the only way you can really grow is from discomfort. So we have to have no fear and no comfort during this movement. And, and I'm not saying be disrespectful because I don't believe in being disrespectful. Me and my wife talk about that all the time. No one really wants to hear you can be very cordial and I can get my point across and not worry about your comfort without disrespecting you. So we can have no fear. We got to have no fear. We got to have no comfort. Secondly, which, which, which um, Natisha, you talked about, we got to put all our energies and resources towards change. Let's stop wasting our energies and resources with people that don't want to change. They aren't going to change. But here's here's the catch. Here's one of those um one of those one of those um um keys of life, man. One of those one of those cheap 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 chew. I can't think of what I'm saying, but it's a fix. If you put energy in trying to change someone that doesn't want to change, you're wasting your time. Yes. You're giving them power over you. You're giving them power over you when you're when you're trying to change them. They have no dominion over this movement if we put our energy and our resources in the people and the change that we want to see. You got to focus on the people that want to change. Because if me and Coach Curtis want to continue to build this bridge, we can't worry about the non-bridge builders. Let them sit on the side and worry about how well our bridge is going to look. Because guess what? They can even try things to stop. But we're going to continue to attract people that want to change. Um, and last but not least, like you said, Natisha, stay informed and fight the good fight always. See, one of the things that, that my people made a mistake was we, I'm not going to lie, we got comfortable. Like the ones, our ancestors before us, like, see, we used to wear ancestors and it, and it turns kind of cliche, right? And we're kind of like, oh man, our ancestors did this. No, it's so much weight and meaning in the fight that they put up to, to give us something, like you said, some of the human rights that, we, that we're that we clinging on to right now. Mm-hmm. It's so much weight, but they were fearless. They didn't care about comfort. And if you really read history, the youth was a major part of the movement. That's why the people don't that don't want change are frightened right now. Because who's leading this movement other than young people? They're leading it, and 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 we have to continue to put our energies in that. But we got to fight the right fight, and we got to be informed, and we got to respect all fights. So those that's kind of like my little piece on it, man. Focus on the youth. Have no fear, no comfort. Put our energies and resources towards change and the people that want to change, forget them busters that don't want to change. Because as coaches, what do we do when that kid doesn't want to buy into the program? We put them off the team. I watched Micah put kids out the weight room that didn't want to comply. I watched them. All right, and guess what? The energy of the weight room progressed and he continued to be a national strength coach of the year. I've watched me and me and E, me and Coach E has had multiple conversations like, yo, we just not gonna deal with that kid program continue to thrive. So don't put your energy in people in the dead weight anymore. 
and just stay involved and stop fighting a good fight. Don't stop it. But um, that's my little piece on that, man. Tisha? Um, I just want to kind of wrap up by saying two things. And actually, um, you use the word fight. And, and I like that you use the word fight because that's what this is. But fighting makes makes people uncomfortable because when we think about fighting, we think about, oh, someone's going to get hurt or, you know, there's going to be a losing team. But guys, we have to embrace the fight. Um, there's a clash going on right now, but it's a necessary clash and we need to allow it to happen. Stop trying to stop the fight from happening. It's going to take people standing up and protesting. It's going to take people um, standing up to people in their community who are racist. That's what it's going to take for us to see the next level or the next wave of change. Two things. When we look at the course of history, a lot of problems were solved by fighting. A lot of problems were solved as a result of wars. All right. Um, You know, wars had to happen for some of us to see some of the results that we see today. The Bible says that to everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, which means that there's a time to fight. And so Malcolm X has a quote that says, I believe that there will ultimately be a clash between the oppressed and those that do the oppressing. I believe that there will be a clash between those who want freedom, justice, and equality for everyone, and those who want to continue the systems of exploitation. That clash is happening right now. It's necessary. We need to allow it to happen. And our job is to figure out where we fit in the fight. And those are my thoughts. Nah, amen, amen. And those thoughts, and those thoughts are, guess what, is productive. And like you said, um, the people that don't want progression likes to like to use the word, like to flip the narrative. We're not giving them the dominion to flip the narrative anymore because we're dialed in on what the change that needs to occur. And we're dialed in on the people that want that change. And like you said, um, Coach Curtis, I'm not going to lie, like, yeah, I researched the candidates. And at this point, you know, you're nervous when you go vote. You're nervous because like, you know, for so long we've been, we have been voting and I'm in this and I'm, I don't believe in politics. I do believe that factions continue to support division. And, and, and because I don't think the, the, the authority of, 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 of politics are being used the correct way when it comes to promoting what's best for people, what's best for people Forget all that other stuff about what you believe in and what your agenda is. If your agenda isn't what's best for people, and I say that with an open heart and transparency, I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about people right now. That's why I struggle. Just that's why I struggle with politics, and I just think we need to continue this movement. Like I said on the last show, yeah, I get it. All lives do matter, but right now we're focusing on black lives because this is a movement that has to be rectified and we need to progress because I can't be a good neighbor if I don't take care of my own yard. And right now I'm taking care of my own yard so I could be a better neighbor for you. All right. And, um, the T-Shop really appreciate you being on the show. Um, mm-hmm. even though we didn't get to see you cause you put up, <laughs> um, still let that be known. This is our first guest that gave us a still pitch. And, um, That's right. Uh, I feel, like I said, I feel catfish, but hey, man, you get, man. But Coach E, what you got, Papa? What you got? 
Um, I, and, and it's funny how we're sitting here and we're talking about voting. And uh, I always have up my uh, my iPad as we're as we're recording uh, because every time I want to kind of add if there's something that comes up or whatever. And I, and I'm pretty sure you'll read it at some point. But um, a few minutes ago, uh, well, right before we started recording, it hit the airwaves that down in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, there was an election uh, election catastrophe. Um, basically, there were some faulty machines in the minority um, areas, faulty machines and the weight. Like some people, I think when they reported, it was at like 3.30 and people had been online since 7 a.m. Um, they didn't have enough machines. Ballots were out. Um, things were wrong. Faulty machines. And, you know, and people are saying this is an atrocity or this is uh, uh, one of the uh, the quotes uh, from um, the secretary of state uh, was this is unacceptable. And I think that um, and Mayor Keisha uh, Lance Bottom said this seems to be happening throughout Atlanta and perhaps throughout the county. Uh, people have been in line since before 7 a.m. this morning um, and in some cases still hadn't voted. And this is, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's a conspiracy, but it just so happens. Why now? How does it happen now? It happens more often than we think. And you'd figure that in the times that we're in right now, that it would be like you would you would be making sure that everything is legit in these areas. And it's on NBCnews.com. Um, and when you get a chance, the article is on NBCnews.com. Um, it's just funny that even in the, the volatile times that we have right now, that things are still happening. So but you I, know what you want to know what's crazy. Um, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but they aren't going to stop happening. But it goes back to the point. One of the points I made, we have to be fearless. We have to have no fear. We have to have no comfort. Like, and 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 those people in Atlanta stay in that line, stay in that line yeah. until until you vote. I don't care if you got to stay there until tomorrow morning. Stay in that line. I don't care if they got to give you a ticket to come back and vote tomorrow. But make sure you vote because this ain't nothing that ain't happened before. But like I said before, this time the fight will not stop, and I don't mean that in a violent way. I don't mean that in a in a in a way that's that's threatening. I mean that in a way that's oh, this is it. This is it. We cannot continue to take this because you wanna know what's crazy? You wanna know what's crazy? I'm gonna tell you why we gotta keep fighting a good fight. Because heck, we gotta fight it for ourselves. Good people that this that's that's from different races, they deserve, they deserve the same thing. Man, y'all deserve to know what it feels like to know black folks. Y'all deserve to know what it feel like to have black folks have the freedoms and, and human rights that everyone else have because we are we are dope. We are dope. Just the same way I feel about <laughs> diversity. I think diversity is dope, but don't get out them lines. Keep fighting. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I I I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, but I, and I think just uh, our number one point that we all talked about was. I mean, it all starts with us. It starts with every single individual person. And if, if change happens that way, I'm the biggest uh, government conspiracy theory guy. I don't believe I can't trust any of these politicians. I mean, yeah, go out and vote and go out and, and do, do your duty to vote. But we can't put our hope on say, hey, if this guy gets voted in, he's going to be our savior and he's going to change things. No, it, start, it starts with every one of us in our own in our own community, in our own, in our own uh, connections and, and network, 
Um, and if every one of those, like you said, Coach Daly, if you if, if you raise your your sons to be great people, I raise my daughter to be great people, and every other person in America does that, then in 20 years, it's over with. Everything's good. Um, but um, so it all starts with us. And I mean, yeah, we got to go out and vote, but uh, we can't just think, hey, if this guy gets in or this this lady gets in, they're 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 the they're the savior for sure because. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't trust politicians at all. We're going to go ahead and get to, uh, I, I don't think we uh, need any sh- uh, shout outs, but I do want to do some uh, parting shots. Uh, we start with, uh, let's start with our guests. Um, just some final words. Um, well, first of all, I just want to thank you all again for having me here. I really enjoyed it. The hour went by very, very quickly, um, but just final words. Um, I think that I just want to reiterate what I said before, you know, each person has the right to decide what his or her role is in this fight. Take your stand, be proud of it and know that what you're doing is to contribute to change that's going to impact an entire nation. And so let's not take our roles lightly. Everyone's work is needed, whether you are black or white or brown, young or old. Um, We all have something that we can do to contribute to positive change in America. Amen. My, my, closing okay. words are love. my closing words are love. I'm sorry, um, E. I know you're the moderator of everything. I'm, I'm closing with love. And I want to give a shout out to this um, single dad I know. He's been a single dad building basketball courts with his own hand, bare hands with raw materials, cooking food from scratch, delivering it. He has his um he has his um elementary year um son delivering food in the neighborhood, driving the car. So shout out, to <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my dad, man. Go ahead, Mike. I'm just I'm no, done. He's, that's not, he, 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 he does it all. Post nine podcasts, you're my yes man. But I'm with you. I'm with you right there, Coach Dan. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, I love you guys. I'm honored to be out here, Matisha. It's great to meet you. I'm, I'm honored to be part of this podcast. I love you guys. I love everybody. Um, definitely, Coach Daly, say uh, say what's up to uh, to Mia's future husband uh, for sure. Because uh, she's not allowed to, to date nobody. She's already got a husband set up. Go ahead, take us out. <laughs> All right, man. Y'all know how it go, man. Keep God first. Everything else will follow. Peace. All right, good people. See y'all. Oh, I appreciate you guys. All right. Good night, everybody. All right, Thank you all. Good meeting you. <laughs>